Welcome to the Rerooted and Thriving Podcast, the podcast where we remind you to reroute yourself in your natural skills and talents so that you can thrive in your leadership. We believe that each of you has leadership ability, and this is the podcast to show you just how to use it. I'm Dr. Tamara Wilkerson Dias, occasional runner, book lover, and your podcast host. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone, back to this week's episode of the Rerooted and Thriving podcast. I'm your host, Dr. D, Dr. Tamara Dias. So excited that you've decided to join me for another episode. Okay, so this week, I really wanted to jump into one of the core aspects of my coaching business. So I'm the founder, owner of TWD Coaching and Consulting. And of course, this is a leadership-focused podcast And the focus of my business is really to work one-on-one with leaders so that they can fully harness their skills and thrive in their leadership. Within my coaching, one of the things that I offer to my clients or that we do together is the DISC assessment. And if you're not familiar with the DISC assessment, maybe you're familiar with the Enneagram Um, that's another form of kind of one of the assessments. And the DISC is really just a personality assessment. Now, D-I-S-C, the acronym itself, spells out the four components or the four types of personalities um, within the assessment. The D is going to stand for dominance. I stands for influence. The S stands for steadiness. Um, And then the C is going to stand for conscientiousness. I've also heard people say that the C can stand for compliance as well. So you have dominance, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness or compliance. Now, this assessment was developed years ago um, in the 1920s by a man named Dr. William Moulton Marston. Um, He was at Harvard University. And it's basically a method that discusses or analyzes personality traits within human behavior. And it narrows down those traits within four different types. As someone who is a self-proclaimed nerd, when it comes to assessments, when it comes to personal development and growth, I love the Enneagram. I'm a huge person that loves to, you know, just learn more about myself. And so taking assessments like this, taking tests like this, like the Myers-Briggs, All of those are super fun to me, but I really love the DISC assessment. And one reason that I use it with my clients exclusively is because it's just four types. Now, as someone who can easily get caught up in details or get lost in the shuffle for things that aren't concise, I appreciate that it's just four types. And it's super easy for me to remember. It's not complex, it's not complicated. And I can pretty much easily explain it to other people. And as an educator, the key for me is not only knowing what something is, but also being able to clearly articulate it to someone else. And so the DISC assessment really is my assessment of choice when I'm working with leaders. Um, You'll hear me in the podcast and offer you the opportunity to book me for a power hour. The DISC assessment is part of that power hour. Everyone who books a power hour with me gets complete access to the DISC assessment that I give to my clients. And I believe that this assessment really gives you clarity and insight into who you are. 
So what, what does the DISC assessment tell you? So those four different types, dominance, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. The assessment looks at what portion of your personality falls into each of these categories. So as I always tell people that I work with, there isn't one right or wrong type. The assessment will analyze how much of each category is in your personality. So all of us have some aspect of each of these. So if you, if you were to take the assessment, it, it wouldn't come back as you solely being 100% dominance or 100% steadiness. You're going to have different components, different um, aspects of each of these categories in your personality. So all of us have a little bit of dominance, all of us have some influence, all of us have some uh, some steadiness, and then all of us have some conscientiousness or compliance. However, the amount of each of these that's in our personalities is really what drives us and kind of dictates how we interact with others. It dictates how we communicate. It dictates our strengths as well as our areas of growth. And so I offer this assessment because I think it's really important for us as leaders, as people with influence, to know what our strengths are, to be to be able to articulate these strengths clearly to others, as well as knowing our areas of weakness. I believe that it's important that we know them because if we don't know what they are, if we're not conscious of them, then we're not working towards growing or being better or improving. So the assessment, and usually DISC, the assessment itself, <laughs> some people may break down into, I've seen the four animals, so the D, the I, the S, and the C will correspond to a different type of animal. I've also seen it described as the four colors. So sometimes you'll see it um, where the D is red, the I is yellow, the S is green, and the C is blue. It'll also be described that way. They all really come back to the same thing, which is this DISC assessment, and confirming how much of your personality is dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance. So... What, does, what do each of these categories mean? Why, why do they matter? Break them down, I got you. So D, dominance, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. So dominance is really the, the portion of your personality that puts you out there and that clarifies how well you take control of something or how well you dominate a situation. The I, which is influence, Influence, again, is what it sounds like. This area focuses on how well you interact with others, how well you influence or persuade those around you. The S, steadiness. This one is gonna focus on how well you work with others, how well you cooperate with others. I like to call this component of the personality assessment the teamwork portion. Um, this really focuses on um, how you approach working with others. Um, and it also focuses on your pace. Again, that's why it's, it's called steadiness, because it analyzes which portion of your personality um, tends to be more steady or consistent. And then the C, conscientiousness or compliance, this one focuses on how accurate you tend to be in your approach. Um, this also will look at expertise and competency. So what does this mean? So when you take the assessment, and there's tons of different types of assessments out there, the one that I offer my clients is probably the most accurate. Um, research shows that the assessment that I offer um, through a company called Intermetrics 
it's the most accurate of all of the assessments out there because it's of all the DISC assessments out there because of the format, because of the approach in which it frames the questions. So it's an assessment that'll take you about 20 to 30 minutes perhaps to take, won't take long at all. Some people can take it in 15 minutes. And at the end of the assessment, it will tell you out of the D, the I, the S, or the C, which of these categories tends to be more prominent for you. So typically you will hear someone describe themselves as a high D, a high I, a high S, or a high C. And it really just means that of all of the four types, you scored higher in one category. Now, again, going back to what I shared when I started off the episode, if you score high in the D, in the D category, it doesn't mean that because you scored highly in terms of dominance, that it means you have no influence or steadiness. It just means that you don't have as much in your personality. So you won't see this being kind of a focal area of your personality, but you still have other aspects of those types in your personality. Now, why are we talking about this? Why is this important? Again, I talked a little bit about earlier about how we can help you in terms of your growth, but I wanted to cover it on the podcast because a huge part of leadership conversations is how we interact with other people how well we understand the people around us. And I don't know about you, but I've worked with a lot of leaders who may be really competent in a subject matter. They may know the work really well. They may know their job title really, really well. But what they don't necessarily know how to do is interact and engage the teams that they serve or the people that they work with. You and I both know that that doesn't turn out well. I can have someone on my team who is a master at the content that they're working with, but if they don't know how to lead the actual team that they're supervising, they're not really a competent leader. And so I think that being able to effectively manage, supervise, lead, and steward a team really signals what a strong leader is. But unfortunately, it's not hard for many of us to serve on teams or to work alongside leaders who don't have that leadership quality. They don't know how to interact with others. They don't know how to reach back and engage. They don't know how to foster the next generation of leaders because they're so focused on everything else. So I wanted to talk about this today just to begin to give you some of the beginning thoughts as you begin to think about your own approach to leadership, how you interact with others and how much of an understanding you have of yourself and your personality. Because again, If we don't really know who we are, if we're not clear on our strengths, on our areas of growth, then how are we going to work with other people? And as leaders, how are we even going to begin to identify leadership potential in other people when we don't even know who we are as leaders? So the assessment, um, if you score high um, in either of the categories, it tends to lend itself to how you approach relationships, problem solving as well as how you approach general interactions with other people. So the D, the dominant side, if you score high in this category, this one means that you tend to place emphasis on results as well as seeing the big picture. Um, People who score really high in this category love facts and nothing else. They don't really get caught up in the frills of things. If you work with someone who's a high D, it's very likely that your meetings with them can typically be pretty short because they just want to know the who, what, where, when, why, how. Thanks so much. Have a great day. They don't spend a lot of time in conversation. They want to walk into the meeting, 
discuss what it is they're supposed to discuss and leave. They really don't care about the details. So you may find someone on your team who scores really high in this category saying, I don't care how you get it done, just get it done and let me know when it's finished. That's someone who tends to be a high D. A lot of times high Ds can really be misinterpreted because their desire to get to the result can make them come across as blunt. Um, you may have someone who may cut you off mid-sentence and just kind of say, okay, great, so what was the result? Or great, what was the outcome? They can be misperceived as being blunt or rude because they really just wanna focus on the results. Um, so some other words to describe them might be direct, firm, assertive, or straightforward. People who really score high in that category are gonna you know, fall into those adjectives. I, if you score high in the I category, first of all, I wanna say, hello, you are my people because I am a high I. I've taken the DISC assessment um, a couple times. I've administered it to myself and coached myself through it. And then I've also worked with other coaches and every time I score high in this category. So if you're a high I, then you are my kind of people. Um, eyes are people who really thrive off of interactions with others. They tend to place emphasis, emphasis on influencing or persuading others. So these are people in your circle or who you work with that tend to be very optimistic. They're very trusting. They may come in a room and be very energetic. Um, some people may consider them the life of the party, though I definitely wouldn't describe myself that way. They can also be described as sociable. People who are high eyes engage very well with others and they have really under they really understand how to use their influence to win other win others over or to bring other people onto their team or to just bring other folks into agreement with what they're doing um i can think of a few people in my life who are high eyes and may even score higher on the assessment in the i category than me because they walk into a room and you feel like they may walk into a room where they know not one person, but by the time they leave, they know everyone. Not me, but people who score super high in the I category fall into this. So other words to think about if you're thinking about people in your life or people you work with who may be high eyes, these people are described as enthusiastic, lively, charming, eager, or maybe even um, high spirited. So that kind of distinguishes them. Now, the D and the I, folks who fall into these two categories tend to be more extroverted. I say tend to be because though I score high on the I category, I'm definitely more introverted. But people who are in the D and the I categories um, tend to be more extroverted um, and they also tend to move very quickly. So if you're around them, then you may notice that they talk a little bit more, a little more fast paced or they move faster than, the, than others around them. That just tends to be kind of a hallmark for people who score higher in the DNI categories. All right, the S, the steadiness category. So people who score higher in the S category means that they're typically people who enjoy teamwork, specifically in terms of harmony and bringing people together. And their pacing keeps things calm and keeps things even in the, in the environments that they serve. So what's a little bit different, because some people may say, well, how does that differentiate from someone who's a high I and loves building relationships? Someone who's a high S really keeps the pace in the room. They're typically the person where if the building's on fire, they're the one that's calm, letting everybody know, okay, stop, drop, and roll. Make sure you grab the fire extinguisher. 
here's the exits. They're the people who in really tense situations, they don't tense up. They're able to kind of keep everyone calm. I can think of so many administrative assistants and executive assistants who score high in this category because they tend to work in high profile environments supporting you know, the CEO or the CFO who may be a high D but may also be really stressed all the time. And this person comes in as a high S and they're able to really bring some calm to the, to the office environment or to the space that they work in. Um, people who score high in the S category tend to be calm and they tend to be very deliberate in the work that they do. Um, so some other adjectives to describe people whom you could identify as higher in the S category would be attentive, tactful, patient, and even predictable because people who score high in the S category like routine, they appreciate um, having things organized and they like to follow the same routine typically from day to day. So they don't like to switch things up. If they usually you know, get their coffee at seven and turn on their computer at 7.30, then that's likely a routine that they've adapted and you can pretty much predict. Okay, so Judy comes in every day at seven o'clock, she's gonna get her coffee. At 7.15, she's gonna add, you know, the coffee's gonna finish, she's gonna add her creamer. And at 7.30, she's gonna open up the computer. That's typically how you can look at someone who's a high S. And then the last one, C, conscientiousness or compliance, depending on what language you prefer to use. This person typically focuses on quality and accuracy. These folks are sticklers for the rules. They know the rule book, front cover to back cover. They can tell you what paragraph five on page six says because they make sure that everything that they do is well aligned, is done well, is completed in an effective way, but is done accurately. Folks who score higher in this category love the details, but they love the details because they like to be accurate. These folks I like to think are the hardest people to sell cars to. So if you're a car salesman and, you've, and you, know, you think about how a car salesman comes in with the language to kind of persuade folks and bring folks in, folks who are high C's do not make rash decisions. They don't act quickly because they always have to do their homework. In fact, I know that I've worked on some teams and they've, they've sometimes had disagreements because there's someone on the team who's a high, a high C, scores high in that category of conscientiousness. And other folks on the team will say, you don't believe in me or you don't trust my leadership. That person really is, is it's not that they don't trust your leadership, but their natural personality trait makes them want to know all the facts. They can't make a decision unless they ask you 30 questions. And then once they ask you 30 questions, they may have 30 more. So I always say, be prepared for someone who's a high C to ask you tons of questions because that's just who they are. Um, other words to describe them may be accurate, systematic, or even perfectionist. So if you notice that you may have some perfectionist tendencies in you, you may score higher in this category as well. Okay, so all of these different types come together and they make up our personality. Because again, all of us have some aspect of dominance, influence, steadiness, or conscientiousness. It just really depends on one of those categories being a little bit higher or more supreme across the other categories. We're all combinations. So there's not one style that's better than the other, but it just tends to tell you which style you gravitate towards the most or what your comfort zone is. 
once you have that understanding, then you can better navigate your interactions with people and you know how to move. So why is any of this important? I interacted in leadership with um, a stakeholder, a stakeholder that I valued their relationship. She was a huge supporter of the work at the organization that I was doing. And we would meet a few times each year just for me to give her updates on where we were going, strategic plan, goals, that kind of thing. Within our, when we had our second meeting, I had prepared this wonderful presentation for her. It had graphics, I had my pie charts, I had my graphs and my tables, I had photographs of the work that was happening and I was super excited to present it to her. About two minutes into my cute pictures and my cute presentation, she cut me off. She was like, I don't wanna see any of this. What's your main goal? What do you, why am I here and what do you need me to support? Tell me, what's the main thing? Skip to the, skip to the end, tell me what you want from me. And immediately I remember being thrown off because I had, had I, you know, created this full presentation and I felt really offended that, you know, I had done this hard work and it seemed like I don't really care about any of your hard work, get to the point. But when I took this in, in the framework of the DISC assessment, I immediately recognized that I was dealing with a high D, someone who was focused on the results and really wanted just to talk about the outcome. Didn't have a lot of time, didn't want to get caught up in the fluff. Just tell me what I'm here for and what you need me to do. Once I grasped that concept, it allowed me to see our relationship from a completely different perspective. I was no longer offended. One, because I never came into our conversations again with these large presentations. I always came in with a quick one pager. Here's, you know, here's some quick facts on what we did well. Here's where we want to go and here's how you fit into it. I condensed everything down into a concise approach because I knew that's what she wanted. That's the biggest takeaway from all of this. When you complete an assessment like this, when you book a power hour with me, or when you take the time to really investigate who you are as a leader, not only does it impact your own personal growth, but it really shapes how you approach your relationships with other people. Had I continued to ignore all of that and just navigated that relationship the way that I would want to receive information, it's likely she wouldn't have been a supporter much longer. She wouldn't have been engaged with the work because it would have, she would have felt like, I keep telling you that this is what I need and you're not engaging me in the way that's most effective for me. So again, as leaders, we also have to be aware of not only how well we want to take in information, we, we can't just focus on how we want to receive information, but we have to be conscious of how we connect with others and how we communicate with others. And having insight into your personality and to your strengths and where you tend to gravitate really gives you that framework. All right, so we're gonna continue this conversation next week. I'll go a little bit deeper into communication and building relationships, but I really wanted just to give a brief overview of the important role that an assessment like this can play in your personal as well as your professional relationships. All right, so as usual, I'm going to end this episode of the podcast with a pearl of wisdom. And this is going to come from a book called The Eight Dimensions of Leadership. And it, does, it is a book that focuses on the DISC assessment. Um, the book is by Jeffrey Sugarman, Mark Scullard, and Emma Wilhelm. And the quote from this book states, by understanding your natural home on the model and building your own repertoire of leadership behavior based on each of the dimensions, you can learn to shift your style to meet the needs of your organization and the people you work with.
So think about how you as a leader can shift the perspectives and shift the climate within the space that you work and better serve the people that you work with. All right, that's going to bring this episode of the podcast to a close. Please share this podcast with those in your network, especially if you're in a corporate or nonprofit space and you believe that someone on your team can really benefit from going a little bit deeper into their personality type and exploring who they are. All right, I'll see you right back here again, same time next week. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Rerooted and Thriving podcast. Please remember, if you haven't, there's no better time than right now to book a one-on-one power hour session with me. I know you have those goals set. I know you're thinking about what you want to tackle in 2022. Don't do it alone. Book a one-on-one session with me on my website, www.tamradias.com or send me a message on Instagram or Twitter at Dr. Tamara W. Dias and I will make sure you get all set up. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. I'd love to work with you. I'll see you right back here on the podcast next week.